Welcome to the Rock Church Audio Podcast. We are so glad that you joined us today. Rock Church is located on Harrison Avenue between Mulford and Perryville Roads in Rockford, Illinois. Today our message is brought by one of our associate pastors, Dan Kohler. Father's Day. We discussed uh, in staff about uh, getting you each a gift, you know, maybe a cookie or something. And I thought, what could we really give the fathers that had value? So I want to pray for all the fathers today. If you're a dad here, I want you to receive this prayer. Father, I thank you for each and every man here that is a father, and I pray that you would continue to bless him. I pray that you would strengthen him. I pray that as he is provider, protector for his family, that he would also be the priest of his household. That, God, you would give a fresh anointing to him, that you would touch him today, Lord. That, God, you would be a man that knows the times and the seasons as he prays for his family. Lord, I pray that you would give him wisdom beyond his years. I pray that you would give him courage and strength. I pray that you would anoint him afresh today with your spirit. For we pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Well, our text this morning is found in Exodus 33. If you want to put your finger there, I want to uh, start by telling you a little story. She was only about five years old, and her name was Susie. And it was one of those summer nights, mom was putting her to bed, but it was one of those summer nights that comes up in the Midwest, you know them, where the thunderstorm comes in, the flashes of lightning, you know, just light up the the sky like it's daytime for just a split second, and the claps of thunder are so loud that it just literally shakes the foundations of your home, and the raindrops on the roof sound as big as hail hitting the house. Little Susie was afraid, so mom prayed with her, tucked her back into bed, and then mom went to bed. And it wasn't long before Susie called out again, Mom, I need you. And mom went in and prayed with her again. Got her all tucked in, and mom was just about to go to sleep when all of a sudden that familiar voice came out again and said, Mommy, I need you now. And mom said, Susie, just go to sleep. Jesus is with you. There was just a slight pause. Yes, but I need somebody with skin on. (laughs) You know, there's something about, if you recall to your childhood, there's something about the protection that you feel when you're in the presence of your parents. You know that you're safe as long as you're with your parents, don't you? There is that sense. And I want to talk this morning about the presence of God. Our text is in Exodus chapter 33, beginning at verse 12. Moses said to the Lord, You have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. goes on to say, If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, 
do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Then Moses said, Now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause my goodness to pass in front of you and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I have mercy and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. There's something about the presence of the Lord that we see in this story. This story is set between the time when Moses goes up on Sinai and he gets the the original Ten Commandments from the Lord. And he comes down and he finds the children of Israel worshiping the golden calf. But it's before he goes back up onto the mountain to get the second set of tablets. And so Moses comes to the Lord and asks for his presence to go with him. You know, as Pentecostals, we kind of pride ourselves on being people of the presence of God. We know that experience is essential to a significant part of our worship. But what does it mean to be a people of the presence? We look at Moses and we see that he's a man of the presence of God. He would go in the tent of meeting and he would fall on his face and Joshua would be at his side. And then there they would sit in the presence of God. And the word tells us that the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as you and I would talk to each other. So the Lord spoke to Moses. He was so much influenced by that presence of the Lord that he had to wear a veil over his face because the glory of the Lord shined upon him. When I think about that idea of face, the word that is used in the Hebrew literally means not only presence, but the face of the Lord. I believe that in the last few months, our nation really needs to be awakened to the very presence of God. But not just in our services. We don't need the presence of God here if we don't have the presence of God in our personal lives. If we're not walking in the presence of God, I believe that every Christian, spirit-filled Christian, should be walking in the presence of God It's an imperative that we become a people of the presence. I think to a certain extent we've become complacent and comfortable. No, in our nation, we really have it easy. We don't see any persecution. We have a standard of living that far exceeds anything else in the world. But I've been amazed that because of the pandemic, the state has been able to shut down our churches. I've been amazed at the things that have fallen upon our nation lately. And it causes me great concern. We can make a difference.
Moses in verse 13 said, If you are pleased with me, teach me your way so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways. Moses isn't asking for some new revelation. He's not asking God to give him some great theological teaching. He's not asking him for some new philosophy on life. He's asking God that he just might know him better, more intimately, beyond just the tent of meeting. That ought to be our cry. We should be crying out, Lord, I want to know you better. I want to have a deeper revelation of my relationship with you. I want, you to, I want to know you in such a way that nothing, nothing, nothing can steal my peace for I have your presence with me. Now we should fervently pray that prayer that we might know him more intimately because I believe God wants to make a difference not only in our church, but in our lives. You see, if revival is ever to come to the church, it's got to come into us first. It's not a program. It's not bringing in a special evangelist, speaker, or anything. True revival breaks out in the hearts of individuals. Hearts of individuals that cry out and intercede and say, God, make a difference in my life. And as you make a difference in my life, make a difference in my church when we come together. God, I want you to begin to do something in me that transforms me that I might know you. Moses didn't stop there. He said, if your presence doesn't go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the people on the face of the earth? What distinguishes us from all the people of the earth? You know, there's, there's been a trend in churches to Preach feel-good messages. You know, the Norman Vincent Peale, I'm okay, you're okay. Some of you aren't old enough to know who that is. But <clears throat> I believe there's a move of God afoot that we need to be sensitive to and we need to be prepared for, that we need to hunger and thirst for. I believe the day of, of just being complacent and comfortable are over. I believe God is wanting to instill his presence not only in our lives, our personal lives, but in our churches to a greater extent than he has before. My daughter and son-in-law attend a church down in Fort Myers, Florida, New Level Church. And the pastor fell under the conviction of the Holy Spirit that they were preaching feel-good messages, and that they were doing things to entertain people, and that their church had become a church of spectators. 
And God got a hold of him and he said, we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to allow for God to move in our services. We're going to pray for people and pray for healing to occur. We're going to pray and see people baptized in the Holy Spirit. We're going to pray and see God work in the lives of people. Half of his staff resigned. And up to a quarter of the whole congregation left the church. But you know what happened? The presence of God came into that place. The presence of God began to move in such a way that people were getting saved. People were getting set free. People were getting healed. There was power in the church, and the church grew. You know, when I look back over history and I see beginning in the book of Acts, any time there was revival, any time that there was a real move of God, people got saved. People came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and they weren't ashamed about it. And we need to get to that point today where we are not ashamed of who we are, but that we are a people of the presence of God and that the presence of God moves in our midst and people's lives are radically changed. How will people know that we are a people of God unless your presence goes with us? I'm reminded of the Welsh Revival in 1859. Uh, in England and, and Wales and, and most of Europe, people walk to go places. You know, it's not like here. And the common phrase during the Welsh Revival when people would meet on the road or in town, have you received the blessing yet? Have you received the blessing yet? It wasn't hello. It wasn't how are you. It wasn't what's the blue light special down at Walmart. It's have you received the blessing yet? Oh, that we would see such a day as that. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter twelve or chapter 2, verse 4 and 5, he says, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on man's wisdom, but on God's power. We need to quit worrying about what people might think about us and our church. We need to quit worrying about what the rumors are about our church. Oh, you're one of those holy rollers. Our church is on the wrong side of the tracks. Well, no, we're north of the tracks. Uh, we're okay. Uh, you know, I, as I think about it, I look back over church history, even more recently, and I, I think of uh, two men. I've read their, several of their biographies, um, Charles Finney and Smith Wigglesworth, you know, and it was said of Finney that the presence of God was so strong upon him that he would walk through factories and people would literally fall to their knees and get saved. Um, it was said one time that he was walking by a pub in England someplace and men were standing outside with their pints of Guinness. And as Finney walked by, he didn't say anything, he just walked by. They literally dropped their drinks from their hands and fell to their knees and began to cry out to God for mercy. It was said of Smith Wigglesworth, he went to, I don't remember where the church was, he was going to a church to speak, and the pastor came to wherever he was staying, and the pastor wanted to pray with him before the services, 
And the pastor came into the room and he said the very presence of God was so strong that he had to literally crawl on his belly. And he said he could only stay in there for a minute or two and he had to crawl out because the presence of God was so strong in that room. God still desires to visit his people with his very presence. That's each and every one of us. It's not just men that are in the quote-unquote ministry, for we're all in the ministry. We are all called and anointed to be used of God. You know, when the presence of God shows up, all our programs, everything we planned pales in comparison. For it shall not be contained. It cannot be contained. The Spirit of God breaks out. Revival breaks out. I'm reminded of a passage in Zechariah says, um, I'll paraphrase, that ten men will lay hold of the hem of your garment and they'll say, let us go with you for we heard that the place wherein you worship is God. I really believe that's true today. That if God, if people hear that the Spirit of God is moving, I believe that people are going to come to you and they're going to say, hey, what's happened in your life? There's something different about you. There is something unique. There, there's this glow about you. Alice, there's this glow about you. What is it? What, what's happening? Tell me what God's doing in your life. Kendall, somebody walks up to you and you just begin to read them their life because the spirit of prophecy and words of knowledge flow from you and begin to minister to someone and you tell them things that are deep, dark, hidden secrets. And they say, how can you know that? Because the presence of God's on you. And you begin to move in the anointing. And you begin to touch somebody where they're really hurting and, and they, they, they just need a revelation of who God is and that he loves them and he accepts them for all their faults. You know, there are times when the presence of God is so real upon us that we begin to pray for someone and it's like you're reading their mail. You know, you begin to pray things and, and you get done praying and they look at you and go, how do you know these things? How can you possibly, I have not shared that with anybody. Not even my wife knows it or my husband knows that. It's because the presence of God's upon you. And the presence of God is making a difference in the lives of people. And because of that, people are going to be drawn because of the revival that's happening in your spirit, the revival that's happening inside of you is beginning to spring forth and it's beginning to produce fruit that is going to have everlasting fruit. And it's not because you're anything special. It's because God is so special. And God is reaching into people's lives. The more we hunger and thirst and pray for the presence of God in our lives, the more we will see people coming to us and asking us about, what is the peace that you have? What is it, what is it that makes you so different? There is something different about you that I can't put my finger on. 
Moses prayed that, that God would come upon them and they would be set apart. They'd be a different people. And the Lord in verse 17 says, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you. I know you by name. I will do the very thing, the exact thing you ask, because I know you and I know you by name. God's presence is born out of relationship. It's not just that we know him, but that he knows us. He really does. We all know that, but we take it for granted because we think we're okay. We come to that point in our lives where we... Ask Jesus to come into our lives. But do we, do we totally surrender? Do we open our lives completely to him? Do we ask him to check the very motives of our heart? I remember a time that we were, we were supposed to go someplace and do something for the Lord and, and it just wasn't coming together. And... Um, it was a Wednesday night, and some of our friends grabbed us after church and said, we're going, to, we're going into prayer chapel. And they, they literally dragged Judy and I in there. One of the ladies grabbed our kids and took the kids. And we got into this room, and they had chairs around the walls, and you were supposed to kneel at the chairs or sit, whatever you wanted. And we were in there, and I don't know how long I was in there. But we were praying, and we were praying for breakthrough. And as I knelt at that chair... All of a sudden, the wall literally melted away. And Jesus came and stood at my chair. And I was undone. I wept like a baby. I could not believe the presence of God when he comes and you face to face with him. There's nothing hidden inside. There's nothing Nothing that you can keep hidden away. He loves you. And he wants to know you more intimately. He wants to begin to do a deeper work in your life. I think of the words of the prophet Isaiah, Woe is me, for I am undone. I am a man of unclean lips. Oh, how I felt that that night. Was it painful? Yeah. Is open heart surgery painful? Anybody here had an open heart? Yeah, it's painful. But it brings healing, doesn't it? The only thing is, is when God does heart surgery, when he circumcises your heart, there's no scars. Everything is made new. You know, I really believe if we're to see revival come to our church, it's got to begin in each and every one of us. It, it, it's not contingent on Pastor Jared or, or Pastor Marty with praise and worship or Pastor Patrick with children's ministries. It's contingent upon each and every one of us. If we have that relationship with God, where we have that personal presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we will begin to see greater manifestations of the Spirit in our congregational life. For each one of you is one of the bricks of this church. God wants to do something in each and every one of your lives. He 
It's imperative that we become a people of the presence of the Holy Spirit. I want to challenge you today. I want you to open up your heart today to the Lord. Maybe you're here and you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Ask you to, or asked him to forgive you of your sins. Can I encourage you to do that today? Maybe you've walked with the Lord for a number of years, but you've grown complacent. and There's a lot of things in your life that you need to re-surrender to him. I think this is a good place to start. I think this is a good time for the, this is the acceptable time. Would you just bow your heads? If you never have asked Jesus to come into your life, would you do that today? I really believe with all my heart that Jesus wants to reveal himself to you in a personal way in a way that you've never experienced before, in a way that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that he's come into your life and your life will never be the same again. He loves you. doesn't care what you've done in the past. For he will take the old and make it new. He will set you free. If it's that's you today, I want you to just raise your hand so I, I can pray for you. Anyone? Praise God. If that's you, though, don't leave today, but come and see me after the service. I just would love to pray for you personally. But now, I want to speak to everybody else. You know, God's wanting to do more in your life right now. Maybe, maybe you've got habits that you've developed since you were born again and, or have opened yourself up to things that you shouldn't have. Before I got saved, I would, I would say, well, if this is the way I am. You've got to take me the way I am. You, I'm not going to change. And yet when I found that Jesus came into my life, began to work in my heart, things changed. Is there an area of your life, tell you, that you need to surrender to the Lord? I want you to take a moment I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to come upon you. Lord, I pray that your spirit just come upon the congregation right now in the name of Jesus. Pray down the peace of God. More, Lord, just increase your peace. Open up your hearts. This, this is a time. This is this, you and God. It's as if you were in this sanctuary all alone in the very presence of the living God. 
Open up your heart to him today, your mind and your spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let us endeavor to become a people of the presence of God, not just when we come together on Sunday, but every day of our lives. Let the Spirit of God draw you into devotion and let His Word come alive. May praise and worship spring from your spirit effortlessly as you enter in relationship with Him. If we will do that, I can guarantee that revival will come to our church. The revival will come to our city. Let us pray earnestly for that. Let us believe God in these uncertain times that He is our hope and He is our salvation and it is in Him that we trust, not in our circumstances, not in our situations but his working in our lives. Lord, I pray your blessing upon each one. I pray for a spirit of revelation and knowledge to come upon them that they might know you better. That God, you would reveal yourself to them daily and that in that they might find that their joy may be complete and that their joy may well up as a spring of water to eternal life and that the joy of the Lord would give them strength each day. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Stand with me and receive the blessing of the Lord today. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Go in the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless. Thanks again for joining us on our podcast today. And we hope this has been a blessing in your life. We would love to have you join us for a service in person. Our service times are on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. God bless you.